Welcome to the Two Brothers, One Dad Dead podcast. Today we're going to do something a teeny little bit different. We're going to talk about donkeys, donkiness, being a schnorra, as our dad used to say. What is being a schnorra? Just doing something really dumb. And I have a few donkey stories about my dad and about Jay Bear. Uh, Jay Bear, I'm sure you have a few donkey stories about me. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to start with uh, Dad's probably donkeyest story? Yeah, why don't you jump in? So I know we've talked about him him shooting himself in the foot, which was pretty donkey. But it's you know accidents do happen, mm-hmm. I guess. I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I think the biggest the biggest donkey story with Dad is okay. So I was still living at home. I think it was like right at the very end of college or maybe it was after I had moved to Israel and I was kind of living in the house for the summer. Uh, but dad, like, he's like, Hey son, son. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you know, I haven't been able to pee in, in six hours. Can you take me to the hospital? I was like, you haven't been able to pee. Why? He's like, I I don't know. I think something's wrong with my bladder or my prostate. And, you know, which kind of made sense to me because, like, you know, I've had prostate problems since my 20s. And I had, like, a tumor in my bladder. It just feels like, for whatever reason, we tend to have those. And I know you had some sort of bladder problem a while ago or some kind of, yeah. So I was like, all right. So we go to the hospital. I take him in my little Honda just about six blocks away to the that hospital at 12th and McDowell. And I sat with them and they brought in a nurse and they're like, okay, um, what seems to be the problem? And he's like, well, you know, I was having problems. What was it? He's like, I was having problems not he had he was having some sort of like gastrointestinal issues, like I think maybe pooing too much or not enough or something. Uh-huh. And he's like, so I took some of my late mother's medication and that helped a little bit. But it and then I thought, well, maybe I should take more. And he basically had t- taken so much medication that it some it it some it blocked it blocked something in his bladder or urethra or something. And they're like, well, okay. We can either sit here and wait until that medication wears off, but honestly, it's been so long since you've peed and your bladder is looking really big, like his like bottom belly was distended. Oh my god! They said we're gonna have to put a urethra in you, or like put something down your your a catheter down your urethra. Mm-hmm. And so, I held Dad's hand, and this lady, like lubed him up down there and stuck this thing down his urethra and he was like I have never seen dad like wriggling and writhing in so much pain he's like ah! and he's like squeezing <laughs> my hand as hard as he could and finally you know they get the the catheter down into it like it 
got far enough or whatever into his bladder. And then, like, you could just tell, like, there was what felt like two, I mean, it looked like gallons and gallons of pee came out of him. And he's just like, oh. Oh, my God. And I was like, so, Dad, like, how much medication did you take? And then he kind of, you know, kind of in his relaxed mode. And I think they actually gave him, like, a Xanax or something because he was freaking out so much. Uh They, uh he starts like talking really loose to me and he's like, yeah, so I took some of this and then some of that and then some of this and some of that. And I was like, okay, Dr. Bill. I said, do you think that was a good idea? (laughs) And he's like, no. So that was probably like one of the donkiest, I mean, besides this, the stuff we've already talked about, um, of, you know, like trying to drive back from Nogales, like, on the access roads and me wondering like if I'm gonna have to pull a gun on this guy to get him to pull over uh how about you like if you had to nominate dad for like biggest schnora biggest donkey move what do you think it would be I mean honestly we've already talked about it but I think it would have to be and I know accidents happen but it would have to be him shooting himself in the foot just because of, you know, not having it in a holster, just kind of popping out of his pocket and going off. Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. They're like, that's a dumb, that's a big time that, donkey move. That is a big time donkey yeah. move. And did he, uh, where, so where would, uh, just to refresh my memory, where did he put his, and he was just like watering the backyard or something, Well, right? it was the front yard, but yeah, he just, he was out in these like huge oversized shorts that he wore. And uh-huh. he just like had it in his front pocket. Ah, uh, yeah, kinda, yeah, the, yeah, not good. And when it came to health stuff, I mean, this is like another kind of donkey move, or it was. So I think we've mentioned before that at the end of his life, he'd basically lost the use of his. What was it? His right eye. I think right eye. Yeah. Because when he'd gotten robbed, he. For whatever reason, he had had $1,000 in cash before he went to this biker bar. Mm -hmm. And he explained to me that he always carried enough cash for bail. So basically, you know, which kind of makes a weird (laughs) sort of sense. Uh Like, so he always carried enough money that he could bail himself out if he got arrested, which he didn't get arrested that many times. That makes him sound like some kind of like serial criminal. But like, yeah, wild Wild West outlaw. Yeah, Wild West Outlaw, like, always have enough cash to get yourself out of jail. Yeah. And he got hit really hard. He just got clocked. He said, he said, all I remember is I stepped outside to smoke a cigarette. I'd given money to my girlfriend at the time because I knew I just didn't want to walk outside with a grand in my pocket. He said, I didn't even remember lighting the cigarette. Just next thing I know, I'm waking up on the ground. Basically, somebody clocked him from behind Uh really hard, like right on the jaw, like kind of like cheekbone, orbital, like right on the side of the face. He, you know, they didn't get any money from him because he'd handed it off already. But then what he told me was that insurance wouldn't fix his cracked cheekbone because that was like... um, What's it called when it like to make yourself look like better? Cosmetic. That was cosmetic yeah. surgery. Yeah. So he never got it fixed. But even once he got on Medicare or whatever, he never got it fixed. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I just don't know if that story really holds. Wa- like, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. He he basically would always tell me the same story. It was like a bar fight gone bad. But um. yeah, yeah I don't know why. He, and it just got worse. Like, you know, later he had to wear that patch because of that. 
Well, because what happened, he had this little hairline crack in his like orbital, orbital yeah. bone. Mm-hmm. And then his like what his sinuses started Some, growing into it or something. Uh, yeah, something like that. Something super gross, but uh, and then I guess it started his just like the whole geography of his eye got screwed up and he couldn't like there wasn't the right pressure, there was too much pressure and then he couldn't really see from from one of his eyes. So he like you know, what was it, the last like three, four years of his life he was wearing an iPad? No, dude, it was a little longer, like Oh really? Well, yeah, because I know he at least had it in your wedding, right? Which was two thousand nine. Yeah. Am I That's right. Yeah. So two thousand eight, two thousand nine, yeah. probably. Yeah, why was he so weird about I medical stuff, do you think? I don't And such a donkey about yeah. specifically medical stuff and I guess Besides the gun, which you're right, that was probably the donkiest donkey thing to do. I don't know. Maybe just a fear of, like, medical things in general, you know? Maybe. Either, like, a fear of, like, knowing what was going on wrong and, like, it would be something really bad he couldn't deal with or I don't know. And I also think part of it was being cheap. Like, I think he would have rather had the money than get this stuff fixed. Right. But, 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 so he died with... A, you know, not a lot, but a, a little chunk of change. Uh-huh. But then he was kind of like, and I hit even, and he was like this about his cars too. Like he would rather just drive something into the ground and drive something that didn't really work a hundred percent correctly than pay the little bit of money to fix. Like he didn't believe in maintenance yeah. in general. Yeah. And I just had a thought too, like maybe. Yeah. So it kind of seems like he was penny wise, pound foolish, not only with his stuff, but yes. with his like health. You know what I mean? Things that could have been nipped in the bud, he just kind of let go to all, like... I mean, they still could have gotten fixed, but it would have been, like, a lot more complicated and more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember, because I I don't know, when he he started getting into gardening, Mm -hmm. um, like, kind of, I don't know, what, the last 10 years of his life or something like that, and I remember in the mornings, you know, I was still in college, so sometimes on weekends I would come home super late, and he would just be getting up, working on his gardening, and, then, you know, he would tell us this and that about his gardening. Mm-hmm. And were you there when he said to me, he's like, son, I feel like you look askance on my gardening. <laughs> were you there? I don't think so. And I was like, I was trying to, I was like, it's not that I look askance, dad. It's just, it's as if a city, like, was going to build a new convention center while their roads were, like, full Falling of apart. huge crater size you know bomb crater size potholes yeah and he's like hmm okay (laughs) because the rest of the house is falling apart i mean you know like the toilet hadn't worked for i don't know how many years 20 years 15 years Uh, something something like like that that. yeah we had to keep a bucket right near the uh you know we had to keep a bucket in the bathtub Mm -hmm. flush the toilet the you know but just pouring a bunch of water down it every time we went there, there were so many things that didn't work. And then here he is working on his garden. And, mm-hmm. you know, I remember my friends, made, you know, BP and his brother, Josh, made a lot of fun of me. That You know, especially Josh was like, I don't know, he was just making all the, he's like, so or were you trying to tell your dad you wanted to go work on the roads? And I was like, no. But, yeah, dad just had this weird thing. Like, his gardens were great. Like, he actually mm-hmm. won, uh, what he won something at the, the Arizona State Fair for his garlic, garlic yeah. or something. Garlic. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, it's cool, but to your point, yeah. Yeah, but then the rest of the house is basically like unlivable while <laughs> spending all this time on garlic. Right, right. 
<sighs> Good times. And I know you and me have done some. So what do you think the donkiest things I've done are? And, and uh-huh. you'll, you'll, of course, give me a chance to defend myself. But I would be curious what, what donkey things you think I've done. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about ranking, but um, one thing that I think about kind of a lot, just because it seems it strikes me as so bizarre and like I still don't really get it to this day. <laughs> um, about the time. OK, so. I think shortly after you moved here and tell me if I'm wrong, you went camping and you somehow decided that your only provisions would be like some dog food and a Twix bar. Can you tell me about that and like try to justify that as you said? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't feel like I need to justify it. Well, we'll see. We'll let our listeners decide, but go ahead. So, okay. It was... Let's see, I think had you, maybe you had just come out, or maybe it was before you came out. I know I was. Yeah, it might have been. I know I was thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, I think I was thirteen when it happened. I don't think you were living here. You moved here in eighty six, right? I moved there in eighty six, so maybe I was fourteen. 14. Yeah. I know it was my freshman year of high school. So okay, all my I don't know if you remember, but even back in Ohio, one of my favorite books was My Side of the Mountain okay. about this like kid who runs away and he lives in this like hollowed out tree. I also loved Island of the Blue Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Like I love I was always in love with that idea of going out into nature and just living on your own. You know that, right? Like I mean, in theory, yeah. It was for I was a freshman in high school. And, you know, I had it was coming up on Thanksgiving break and I had like a seven day break or something like that. Uh-huh. And also dad had had all these survival manuals, uh, you know, because he was like kind of a, you know, uh, kind of a prepper, kind of like a proto prepper kind of guy. Right. Uh, although I guess preppers actually are really big about like getting all your dental work done and getting all your health stuff, health stuff done. So whatever. He was like a selective <laughs> prepper, right. I guess is the way to say it. And in one of his books, I read that in a nuclear apocalypse or anything or whatever, dog food has every vitamin and mineral that humans need except vitamin C. Mm. So if you have a bunch of dog food and vitamin C, you could theoretically live forever, right? (laughs) So, So before Thanksgiving, I told dad, I said, hey, dad, I'd like to camp in the desert by myself. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like, are you sure you're up for that? And I said, yeah, yeah, I think I can do it. And he's like, okay, why don't I drop you in that place where we've camped a lot? You know the place I'm talking mm-hmm. about, yeah. right? Like that, I forget where it is exactly. It's like outside of Bumblebee or something well, like that. Are you that. talking about Schnebly Hill? No, it was no, it wasn't in Flagstaff. It wasn't on the way to Flagstaff. Oh. It was that desert camping place oh, where we okay. would always go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just off a bunch of fire roads and just, mm-hmm. like, rolling desert, like, hell lot of um, jumping cactus. Uh, uh, not saguaro. What are those called? Choya. Yeah. A lot of, yeah, like, just hills of choya. So, anyways, he, I was like, yeah, uh, that would be perfect. And so we had the plan. He dropped me off on a Thursday and he picked me up on a Saturday. I think I had two nights, three nights whatever so i packed i i wanted to like go as lean and spare as possible so i just brought a tent i brought a gallon of water for each day i'd be there 
Um, I didn't want to do a fire at night, so I just ate cold. Uh, well, I, I brought two Twix bars, and then I brought an ammo can full of dog food. And I brought a bowl, thinking I could eat the dog food <laughs> out of a bowl. And I brought some plastic spoons. I brought my 357, that big 8-inch mm-hmm. Dan Wesson. And then dad told me that maybe I should bring one of his ARs. So I brought an AR with like mm-hmm. three or four magazines. He's like, yeah, just, he's like, I don't think you'll need it. But, you know, his thing was like when you're camping out in the middle of the desert, there is no law. And, you know, if nothing else, like whatever, target practice or coyotes or whatever. So, yeah, he dro- it was like it all fit in the trunk of his Fiero. It wasn't much. He dropped me off like at the top of this hill. I walked down myself. Mm-hmm. And the first night, you know, I set up my little camp. And the first night I was like, okay, time to eat the dog food. Now, here's, here's the fatal flaw of all this. I had not tried to eat dog food before I went on this camping trip. Uh, was it wet or dry dog food? Well, it was dry. It was dry pellets. Mm-hmm. So I just, and I think I had eaten like some cat food before. Yeah, so I was like, oh, yeah, cat food, yeah, yeah. dog food. Same thing. Right? Like I, I've always had this weird thing. I was going to ask you. Yeah, you've always kind of had this weird thing. I definitely remember you eating cat food before. <laughs> yeah. I've eaten cat food and it wasn't too bad, mm-hmm. but I've never eaten dog food. And dogs have much stronger jaws than we do. Ah. So I popped this pellet in, my, you know, it's like it's getting to be dinner time. Mm-hmm. You know, I was all by myself, maybe... Gosh, by foot, maybe three hours from civilization. By car, maybe like, no, even farther than that. It was it was far. I mean, it was, you know, mm-hmm. the last time when he dropped me off, like we didn't see a car at all for like our last maybe 45 minutes, hour. And it was all oh, wow. dirt roads. Like when, once you get off the freeway, it's all dirt roads. Mm-hmm. And the roads keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And... um so I popped this pellet in my mouth and I tried to crunch it down. And one, my jaw's not strong enough. And two, it was so fucking disgusting. I was like, ugh, man, ugh. And I was afraid. Then I felt I started gagging. And then I was kind of worried, like, oh, man, if I, if I gag, if, if I start throwing up, I'm going to lose all my water. And it was November, but still, like, water yeah. is super duper important yeah. in the desert. So I was like, oh, man. So I, and I was, but then I was like, oh, but I brought my bowl and I brought a spoon because in my mind, I imagined, I, I thought, because the, and these manuals had even said it, they're like, oh, and if it's too hard to chew, you can pour some water on it and it'll get it nice and soft. And in my mind, that sound, that looked exactly like cocoa puffs. <laughs> and I knew like intellectually it wouldn't taste like cocoa puffs, yeah. but still I was like, oh, it'll be just like different tasting cocoa puffs i can do this so i made myself a bowl of dog food with water got my little white plastic spoon put one of these mushy pellets oh, in my God. mouth oh dude even think about I it now tell, yeah makes me want to throw up <laughs> so i was like oh fuck like okay okay i have two twix bar like two packages of twix bars that's four bars mm-hmm. it was a three-day i knew i had like three days there and I so I basically figured out like okay I can have half a Twix bar in the morning and half a Twix bar at night so I figured out like how to divide up these four separate pieces of Twix bars over the next three days and I said you know I'll be crazy hungry but I'm not gonna die and I thought like okay and I can even go hunting rabbits or whatever if I want to but then I was like 
I cleaned rabbits with dad, but I'd never cleaned rabbits on my own. And then I thought like, you know, if I do it wrong and I eat the wrong thing, like basically it's safer to just stick with water and a teeny little bit of Twix bar every day than to eat something that's going to like get me sick. And, you know, this is pre-cell phones. This is like what, 87, 88 or something like that. And there was, yeah. Well, and plus, I mean, I was, even if you just had your Twix bar, like you'd be, it would suck, but you'd be okay without food for a few days. Yeah, exactly. Like you can go for a lot right. longer without food than without right. water. So, you know, I Damn. tucked it out. I waited, you know, just like read during the day. I would go hang out in this little like dry riverbed and kind of like build a little, like dig a little hole that I would just kind of like lay in to conserve energy. <laughs> uh, and just kind of lay there and look up at the sky. And then I would read a little bit, but by like the second, Maybe after the first full day, it was kind of hard to concentrate because I wasn't very used to mm-hmm. not eating at all. And I was a young guy and I didn't have a lot of extra body fat. You know, like I was a skinny kid. So it's not like I had all this extra, like, you know, extra, right. extra nutrition around my belly. Right. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So you were like a regular just did it. Christopher McCandless. Yeah, um, even, I guess so. It's funny, dude. My kids, I told them that story one time, and they sometimes, to this day, like will randomly ask me to tell. They'll be like, oh, tell really? the story about Uncle Josh eating dog food. They just think that's so funny. Well, and the thing was, so, uh, so yeah, it was. And the thing is, I, I'm still kind of proud of myself. Like, mm-hmm. I'm glad I did it. I didn't, I wasn't like, I didn't freak out. I was like, okay. I guess I'll just live without food for a couple days. Yeah. And, but I was, I went back to the meeting spot to where dad was going to pick me up. Mm -hmm. My campsite was just about a 10 or 15 minute walk from where he dropped me because it was, you know, he was kind of at the top of this like bluff. And then you had to like walk down this arroyo and to the other side for like the camping spot. Right. Uh, So I went, you know, I packed up all my gear, went to wait for him, like, couple hours early because I had a little watch but I was just like okay what am I going to do just sit here <laughs> you know just basically lay in the dirt <laughs> and think about how hungry I am or just go wait for dad and the weird thing is as I was waiting for him so the wind is you know going it wasn't like a strong mm-hmm. just like a light desert mm-hmm. breeze whatever and like I wouldn't say I was hallucinating exactly but every little gust to the wind like I could have sworn a thousand percent that was his fiero like winding its way through those little desert roads oh, wow. finally 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 he shows up I was like hey dad how are you he's like how'd it go son I was like oh, it went okay I you know packed up all my gear got in his car and just was kind of like I had the window open and had you know like uh, you know like rescued yeah I bet that felt great so let me ask you: Do you keep, um, do you keep dog or cat food in your go bag or something? I don't, you don't. know. I if I was to do it, I, I would definitely like test the dog food before I went or take cat food. But or or take cat food. Yeah. yeah. But here's the so I'm in the car thinking like, okay, this was a great adventure. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it. But I'm also super duper glad it's over. Yeah. Right. He's like rock and roll. He, you know, he has KSLX on the mm-hmm. radio. He's like driving through these this little desert path like really fast. And there was all these choya on the side of the road. And his uh, antenna for the radio 
was on my, was on the passenger side. So I'm just kind of like laying there like, oh, man, you know, again, glad I did it. Glad it's over. Then I hear something like a like, what the heck? And I open my eyes and there's all these jump, those balls of jumping cactus, like like a cloud of them. Oh, my God. So dad had hit a, a cactus like he nicked a cactus with his car. All these balls are flying. And I was like. Oh no! And like almost in slow motion, I see them coming through the window. I bend down so they don't like smack me in the face, and then I just feel this like thunk, 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 thunk. All these jumping cactus were in my back. And luckily, Dad carried around needle nose pliers, so he's like, "It's okay, son. It's okay." I had to get out of the car. Like kind of like scoot out because I couldn't, uh-huh. you know, couldn't sit upright because I had all these like jumping cactus like barbs. And the way the cactus propagates is, you know, they they hook into like an animal and they whatever. That's how they propagate. That's like yeah. their their way of spreading of you uh-huh. know of keeping jumping cactus going. So he was pulling all these little barbs, and I don't know how many there was exactly. I wish I could ask him. It, it felt like hundreds, but I. Th- feel like at the time he told me like 12 or 13 little barbs and I'm kind of like ah and I'm like screaming and stuff and he's like it's okay son it's okay it's okay pulls them all out you know it didn't and, and after they were out it you could still feel where you'd basically gotten stabbed by this little like teeny tiny fish hook thing we go home and uh, I remember there was an Elvis movie on Jailhouse Rock mm-hmm. And he had also mentioned on the way home that he had made a big pot of spaghetti. So I remember I poured my, I, I gave myself a plate of spaghetti that is the hugest plate of spaghetti I've ever eaten in my life. Like, I swear that the spaghetti was at least like four inches off the plate. Oh like, God. it's probably as much spaghetti as I would eat in a week these days. Wow. So I just shoveling all the spaghetti. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the most delicious thing I've ever had in my life. And I'm like crazy full and got super sleepy. I'm like, Dad, I'm going to go lay down, okay? You know, and it was only like three in the afternoon. I was like, I'm going to take a little nap. He's like, okay, son. I went and laid down, woke up next, like woke up like, where am I? Where am I? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I go out in the living room. Dad was drinking his morning coffee. I'd slept from three in the afternoon until seven the next morning. That's how tired I was. And just like, wow. So, yeah. Was that the day, um, speaking of another donkey thing, was that your nap where you slept with a gas mask on? No, that was a different nap. That was when, after I'd moved out and I knew I was going to move back in to start, you know, get my GED and start community college, I was, I came back to clean and the house, I mean, this is like when the house that is absolute, absolute worst. Like you remember, yeah. like that's when like there was the mice and mice poo and just, you know, it was awful. And it was so awful um, that I had to wear a gas mask just to like clean, not wretch, like being in my, what used to be my room. And yeah, I was cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. I think I painted, I don't know if I painted once I came back, whatever, but and I was working the graveyard shift at Jack in a Box at this time. And I think I just come straight from my shift. You know, I worked from 10 at night to 6 in the morning, straight from work to the house. And then I was like, oh, I need to nap. 
So I laid down just on, I think on my little futon bed, I, you know, cleared, cleared enough of a space to lay down. And then I was of course going to take the gas mask off. Like that wasn't the plan, but I tried to take it off and it was so just rank. I was like, I can breathe with this thing. Like I'm just going to sleep with it. So, yeah. So I just took like an hour nap with the gas mask on. I mean, which in a way, like you guys thought it was so weird and crazy, but. Okay. You can, if you can, if you can breathe, you can breathe. Like it's, it's a yes, no thing. Can you breathe? Yes. Yeah. But it's like the way dad explained it to me later was like, he's like, yeah, I think this might be the dumbest thing your brother's ever done. He's like, these gas masks have cartridges. I don't know how to explain it, but like only like a limited amount of oxygen. And he was so dumb to do that because he could have like suffocated. He's like such a donkey. Yeah. Uh, he's probably right, but I mean, it made sense. It made sense to me at the time. Well, yeah, but still, dude, that's kind of stugach. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stugaches, uh, there's Y2K and Judge Wapner, and also you in Cars. Where should we start? Oh boy, let's start with good old Judge Wapner. All right. So why don't you why don't you tell the story through your perspective, and I'll give my my side of it. Sure. So I honestly I don't remember like what my thinking was why I decided to do this, but I thought it would be a really cool and kind of funny idea if I made if I wrote a quote unquote news article with like you know fake news and tried to pass it off as real. And well, and what ha- what happened, and I can tell you what the genesis, or maybe you had had this idea for a while, but I, because you and I had watched Judge Wapner a well, lot yeah. after mm-hmm. school, I said, oh, I haven't seen Judge Wapner on for a while. And then... Oh, that's right. So I, I yes. wrote this article where basically um, it was like an account of what had happened. It was talking about the testimony going on in this trial before Judge Wapner in the People's Court... And I remember, like, the best part of it was, like, Judge Wapner's, you know, it said something like, Judge Wapner replied to one of the witnesses, Mr. So-and-so, did you bleep, you know, did you F her in the mouth? Mm-hmm. And that, God, I felt so proud of myself. And I remember, like, I think I, I know I was, like, at my high school library, and I used the computer to type it up, and I think I, um did like a cut and paste from like a magazine or newspaper of Judge Wapner. Tell me if I'm remembering that mm-hmm. wrong and pasted on that and yeah. printed it out on the printer and brought it home to you. And I was like, look, yeah. I, yeah. So why don't you tell your side of what happened? Well, so I had asked like, Hey, well, where's Judge Wapner? Do you know what, what? And you're like, Oh dude, you didn't hear her. I said, what? And he's like, yeah, there was some like rent case or some 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 guy owed some girl money, and she said, no, he owes me money. And Judge Wapner got upset, and he said, did you? Like they were trying to establish what the relationship right. was, and he said, well, did you? Effer in the mouth. Blanker in yeah. the mouth. <laughs> and I was like, no way. You're like, yeah, yeah. They're like, they took him off the air, and they're trying to figure out what to do. It's like, Judge Wapner did not say that. And how would that get past the censors? And and you're like, well, the, he didn't say the F word on TV, but it was like very obvious. Did you f- blank her, you know, mm-hmm. f- boop, her in the mouth? And I was like, really? You know, like, yeah. And I was like, I don't believe you. This probably just, he's probably just taking a summer vacation or whatever. 
And you're like, no, 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 for real. I was like, whatever. And I just didn't really think much. I just thought you were like pulling my leg. And then you came home one day with this art, with a photocopy of a mag, of a Time magazine article. And I read it and it was, it you know, it was like a real Time magazine article. And it had a recent date and a picture of Judge Wapner. And it explained in very professional, newsy language what had happened and that network executives were deciding what to do. That's right. So, so, you know, I had just been working, you know, I was working at a newspaper and it was very well done, except your dateline was wrong. It right. said like Phoenix AZ and that, and it should have been Phoenix ARIZ, like you use the postal abbreviation, not the AP or Chicago style or whatever abbreviation. I think it was California, but yeah, I remember you telling me that at the time that like, I used, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, it was, it was California. Yeah. And I used and Calif I, or like CA and I should have used the other or something. That's exactly, actually, and what you did is you said Los Angeles, Calif. Okay. And I knew that the AP style was like there's certain cities, like you don't say Paris, France, you say Paris. So I was like, wait, hold uh, on. Yeah, yeah. And I got to say, I was so impressed. That was like one of <laughs> the best pieces of forgery. And if it wasn't for that one little detail, I think mm-hmm. you actually might have got me. Wow. That's funny. And speaking of news type things, I was uh, working for a small suburban newspaper the night uh, December 31st. 1999 and I was supposed to be on until like 10 or 11 at night or something and do you remember I called you and I said I was kind of freaked out or actually do you want to do you want to tell it from your perspective first or do you want me to tell it from my perspective first the Y2K scare that I got you on no I'll I'll tell it I remember I was going out with a group of friends that night for like this big house party in Tempe and the way I remember it is you called me and you were like, you said something like, I don't want to scare you, but I think, or you're like, there was like a nuclear attack. And I was like, oh, shut up, dude. Come on. You know, because we yeah. joked, we joke around a lot and you were describing it to me. And I think you were saying it was like some teeny little island in the South Pacific. And you were like so convincing. And I remember like my friend came to pick me up and I was freaking out and like, oh my God, you know, there's going to be a nuclear war. Some island got nuked. And we get to this house and like people are trying to look it up and nothing. Like we cannot find anything on it. And so why don't you tell your side of it? I was working at a newsroom. We had CNN on. I remember I called you around four or something in the afternoon. Right. And I said, dude, have you been watching the news? You're like, no, why? What's up? I said, dude, it was the weirdest thing. They had this guy on, and I named, it was one of the correspondents at the time. I forget what the guy's name was. I was like, but he was on, and he said that, like, because of a Y2K bug, that Russia launched a missile, but they were able to get it down over the South Pacific, but there's some island that they're not in contact with anymore, some, like, teeny tiny island. And I named the island for you. He's like, can you find it on a map? You know, I'm not seeing it anywhere. I said, but then the weird thing is, like, and then everybody acted like it didn't happen, and nobody's 
doing it in their replays. Uh You're like, no, no. I said, well, if you see anything, let me know. Because, dude, it was weird. Like, I don't know if CNN got hacked or what, but it's just so weird. Like, he seemed so excited and like, and we've heard blah, 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 blah. And luckily, you know, do not fear. They've been able to bring down the missile. But uh, there's a small island in the South Pacific that we have not been able to communicate with in the meantime. And I was like, am I going crazy or what? (laughs) And you were like, you know, I guess even at the party you went to, you were asking, you were telling people about this. So I said, basically, I convinced you that there had been a small nuclear incident that nobody was talking about. And I was like, yeah, could they not be talking about it? Because they don't want to start a panic. (laughs) Do you remember? Oh, I totally remember. Yeah. Yeah. it yeah dude being a child of the 80s like nuclear attacks and shit like really freaking me out i was like totally freaking out oh me too do you remember that movie the day after the day after yeah 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 yeah. or damnation alley like yeah nuclear apocalypse loomed very large in the imagination yeah and even though it's just like a small island still dude just the thought like an actual nuke had gone off was like really freaking me out yeah and i forget how did you come clean do you remember I think it was a lot later. Okay. Didn't I? Or did I tell you the next day? I, I forget. Don't, I, yeah, I don't think it was that much later. It was like within a day or two, I think. Well, I think when you had mentioned that you were telling people at the party about it and everybody mm-hmm. was getting kind of, then I felt really bad because I thought, <laughs> you know, I thought, okay, like in my mind, I was just kind of fooling you in the moment, but I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was going to like loom. I guess I should have. It wasn't very next to me. <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to loom large over the rest of your night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. It was good. It was good. You had me, definitely. I apologize for that one. And then, so to kind of wrap this up, you and cars don't get along very well. Yeah, that's You said there was something. You said there was (laughs) something. So we've already talked about you you basically setting a, you know, setting a car on fire and then like driving it. I didn't set it on fire, but yeah. So you and cars, what happened today? So today I was picking up something real quick at Fry's and I was pulling out, like I was going down the main drag of the driveway to get to like the main road. And you know how there are rows, like where mm-hmm. cars park? A car pulled out of it going right. And like, I didn't really see what it was doing because there was like a tree or something, but it didn't stop all the way and like look. And so it made me hit it. And kind of like you've talked about before, like there was that brief second of clarity where I knew Ooh. it was happening. And luckily, you know, neither of us were going fast, so I knew it wouldn't be that bad. Right. But um, yeah, no, I hit his like left front side. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, it was totally his fault, though. We both got out. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, we just he didn't really want the police or like my insurance info and my car is already banged up. So like. We just, he just kind of laughed it off and I just kind of laughed it off. But yeah, me and cars do not go together well. What's the deal? Because I also like, you know, I remember you, you bought this nice new car, like a Kia or something, you know, not, you know, just you you bought a new car. Yeah. It was cool. It was really nice. Like when you first got it Mm -hmm. and then I went to visit you a couple years later and I was like, you walk out to this, like car that looked like a homeless person had been living in it and i was like wait is this the car you bought two (laughs) years ago besides like setting a car on fire once or having a car catch on fire while you're driving it you know what happened today having a little fender bender i mean that happens and that was Uh, the other guy's fault and it was the other guy's fault 
whatever happened to my Honda that I loaned you? So I was living in Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or no, I was living in Japan. I let you drive my little Honda Civic around. And the only thing I really got from you, like I, I, I've, I've never really gotten clarity on this. You're like, oh yeah, there was like this problem with the engine and they said it was too expensive to fix. So I just left it there. Like what happened? <laughs> Yeah, I don't really remember, to be honest. I think that was pretty much it. Like, dude, when you loaned it to me, it already had, like, 200,000 miles on it or something like that. Yeah, no, and it wasn't yeah. a huge loss, and I don't, like, I'm, I don't still resent it. But I just, yeah. it's not even that I didn't get it back. It's just I never really understood exactly what <laughs> happened. And, and from, yeah. from what you're saying, I don't think you quite understood exactly what happened either, did you? No, no, I still don't. I just, uh-huh. yeah, it had some big problem, and... It just, I made the quick calculation in my mind that, like, it made more sense just to leave it there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is fair, totally. But how about next time you double check your thinking with me? Like, hey, I was just going to leave your car at the mechanics because it's too expensive to fix. Like, do you want to call them real quick before I just <laughs> give away your car? Does that sound okay? Well, yeah, dude, but we didn't have cell phones. I mean, this is like early 2000s. But we had email. We weren't like, well, it, yeah, but we weren't relying on like, mail that goes by slow boat it wasn't like a three-month delay you could have emailed me that night like hey blah 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 and we didn't have cell phones we had regular phones like i could have picked up my regular i could have made a long distance call in japan and at the right time like hey this is the guy my brother has my car what's going on and it has been like oh yeah it'll be two thousand to replace your engine or we can just give you 500 bucks for it and i would have been like okay i'll just, I'll just keep the five yeah just i'll take the- you know what i'm saying Right, no big deal, but just yeah. Like I said, yeah. I never. It was really just the not understanding what happened to my car that was more like the problem to me than not getting it back. Because well, yeah, it was it, on its last legs. It's funny though. I don't remember you asking much about it till now. Well, because I asked and you just were like, "Oh yeah," I, like it's like yeah, it had a problem, so I just left it to mechanics. <laughs> and I was like, "What problem?" You're like, "Oh, I don't remember. It was just some kind of problem." I was like, "Okay, all right." And then didn't you also have a tire blowout on the freeway or something? Or am I misremembering? Like on one of dad's cars? On one of dad's cars, yeah. His, um, not grandma's Lincoln Continental, but like another one. I think what happened there? Acquired from his aunt Fran. Um, yeah, I, it, I don't know if it was a blowout, but it was some pretty serious problem. Okay. And it wasn't my fault at all. It was like mechanical. And I remember I was like, about to get off on the freeway and just kind of started fishtailing and it was pretty scary i remember dad though being more freaked out about it than i was yeah and do you know what's funny about that huh i don't remember why i was doing this or what i was thinking but this was when me and my wife at the time were running that house in mesa yeah and i think i got it towed back there and I remember at night, (laughs) I went out to it, and I had this idea that I was going to sleep in it, Mm -hmm. or like sit guard in it. I don't know if Dad told me I should. Oh, because you were afraid of it getting towed away, like people thinking it was junk or something. Yeah, and I remember I brought this like PBR out there with me, Mm -hmm. and I was just going to like hang out there all night and sleep in it. But then this cop came. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, he... (laughs) He was cool, but he was like, um, I come out <laughs> holding my PBR. <laughs> He's like, sir, what are you doing? You're like, nothing. I'm just <laughs> sleeping in my car, just having a good night beer. And he was like, 
yeah, and he's telling me like, oh well, even though the car's not driving, you can't really um, have a open bottle in here. So why don't you go back in your house and drink it? I think he was kind of like weirded out, but he was cool. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. It was funny. Oh man, so I guess we're all donkeys in our own way. Do what? What advice do you have if somebody wants to avoid being a donkey? Do you have any advice? Not really, dude. I think um, I think with just a certain kind of personality, it's who you are. You gotta <laughs> own your donkeyness. <laughs> own your. Be proud of your donkey. Be proud of it. Donkey and proud. Yeah. Donkey and proud. Okay. Do you have any advice? I mean, I guess I would say just related to what I just said, just maybe check your thinking with somebody else. Like, hey, I'm gonna go sit out and guard the car tonight so it doesn't get towed away with a PBR. Do you think that's a good idea? I don't know that just in general and I, like for me like the gas mask I probably been like hey I'm gonna sleep with a gas yeah. mask do you think that's a good idea or hey I'm gonna go out in the desert and maybe somebody would have been like oh no that sounds like a great idea going out in the desert with dog food but you've tried the dog food first right I'm like oh <laughs> no <laughs> well so. I think though when you're a donkey it's hard to um, question your thinking so that's true it's, it's like a paradox the donkey and paradox hey, <laughs> <laughs> the donkey paradox, yes. Um, I wanted to remind our listeners to, uh, if they are enjoying this podcast, to at least give us some stars on iTunes, uh, however many stars you think we deserve. And what would be really great is if you actually wrote a review, even if it's just two or three sentences, like, these guys are donkeys, but it's fun <laughs> to know that there's people in the world who are more a donkey than I am. Um, that would be great. And also, we don't have any... Do we have any listener email this week? I don't believe so, but you Not, share our address? Yeah, no, we don't this week. But um, if you have any questions or comments, you can write us at twobrothersrockyjbear at gmail.com. And that address is in the show notes. So if you have any questions or comments or criticisms or just want to tell us what donkeys we are, yeah, write us. Uh, and a review would be super duper appreciated. appreciated. Yeah, that would be great. And that's all we have. The king of the donkeys, me, is willing to sign off. Uh, At least you admit thing. it. At least I admit it. Yep, <laughs> it's the donkey paradox. <laughs> I can know I'm a donkey, but still not stop acting like one. Exactly. Uh, thank you, Jay Bear. I, it's always great talking to you, man. Yeah, you too, Rocky Jay. Thanks. And thanks to our listeners. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye.